the end of the Memphis Grizzlies season and the oncoming offseason almost feels like going through the three stages of grief. I know there's more stages of grief, but there's three segments on Lockdown Grizzlies. We are going to work through the three stages of Memphis Grizzlies grief on this edition of Locked On Grizzlies, this Wednesday episode where we're going to take a look at potentially figuring out just how we're supposed to feel about Memphis and their Grizzlies moving forward. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a Wednesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. We are so grateful that you are joining us wherever you're listening, however you're checking out the podcast on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts each and every day as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax, one of your hosts, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. You're rubbing your hands together like you got me in trouble yesterday, Michael. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not going to fully put you on blast. This is this is how it goes. This is how it goes. uh If we're the kids Mm -hmm. at school, uh, I'm I'm the one who who makes the mess, Mm -hmm. and then you come join in. Yeah, and then and then you make it a little bit messier, and then you you get in trouble, and 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 I'm the one who goes back to my seat and sit down, and I'm like, man, should I go over there and and, help him and, and and say it was my fault too? No. Or should I just continue to be the good kid over here? And, and let you know Joe what? make the mess worse. But, but Joe, I mean, you thrive in it. You thrive in being the messy guy. I mean, I did kind of say that Jalen Brown might be better than John Morant. I, and you knew that. that. I, don't, I don't think I don't, I don't think I pissed the people off as much when I said that you, you have to entertain the idea of the Jalen Brown thing. Yeah, because that you have a different me. vibe. That you was have a all, different vibe. That was all energy. me, everyone. Everybody thinks that I am the one who came up (laughs) with the idea, which is fine because in reality, you know, given our history, maybe I was, but it's it's a fair, it's a fair assumption. We're a, we're a partnership here on lockdown Grizzlies. So I'll happily take the, uh, the proverbial shots across the bow for, for our Jalen Brown episode. Um, just everybody should know that it's not always my fault. And I'll it's not always it. Joe's fault. I, not, I'll leave it at that. It's not, um, it's this not. episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA, And when you enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, they will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Uh, we're not going to talk about Jalen Brown anymore on this episode because I'm tired of getting yelled at. I do <laughs> think that we need to work through some stages of grief here, Michael, yeah. because – I read a great piece by an old friend of mine, Matt Hardlicka. He has a Patreon page that I've subscribed to for a while. Uh, one of the better Grizzlies writers out there, in my opinion. And he wrote about uh, the song Billy Joel's Just the Way You Are. I don't know if you ever heard that tune to Michael. Uh, but it's a, a, a song that's about loss and love. And not to get too sappy on, on a Wednesday here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But he connected that song and the idea of loss obviously in that kind of sense to this era of Grizzlies basketball. And I thought that was a really fascinating launching point for our episode here. So shout out to Matt. If you aren't already subscribed to his Patreon page, you should absolutely consider doing so. He compared it to the end of the Grizzlies era and the idea of the fun. 
Like thinking back to the 2021-2022 Memphis Grizzlies, last season's Memphis Grizzlies, and how fun that team was and how that's just gone now, mm. right? Like Dylan Brooks is literally gone. The, the issues that John Morant has dealt with, all of that is just completely removed, it feels like. Yeah. And there is a sense of mourning, not just necessarily that the fun is gone in that way, but that the fun is gone in terms of regardless of a John Moran suspension, regardless of who they replace Dylan Brooks with in free agency, the draft uh, via trade, like we've talked about, regardless of how they do it, this is time to win a championship. It's not fun anymore. Like, or at least to compete for a championship. Like if yeah. Taylor Jenkins loses in the first round again, next season, he's probably Oof. fired. I don't know that that's fair, but I mean, we've seen Monty Williams. We've seen yeah. Mike Budenholzer. Monty wasn't fair. Boot, yeah. Uh, correct. I'm not saying that it would be fair for Taylor Jenkins to be fired. I think that it is the reality of the current landscape of NBA coaching. So however hot Taylor Jenkins' seat is, given all the context of injuries and all those things, the reality is that's not a crazy statement to say, given how things are currently playing out for NBA head coaches. The time to compete is now. So how do you feel? And again, you cover the team as the beat writer. It's a little bit different for you. I can be a little more free flowing in my emotion. After reading that from Matt, I really did kind of realize that in a way we are mourning the end of that because it's never more fun than when your team is on the way up and when your team is good and they're not expected to win at all, but they're also better. Like what the Sacramento Kings are currently. That's yeah. a blast. That is a sweet spot of fandom that the Grizzlies did enjoy, and now it, it, it's just gone. And it, there is kind of a mourning process, at least for me. You know, Joe, I remember the first time I ironed my clothes. Mm. I, re I remember when when my mom, you know, was was ironing it, and I kept saying, "Let me do it." You know, "Let me do it." Nice. And I finally got to iron my clothes, and it was fun. Mm. But guess what? Now. I wake up like, oh, <laughs> oh, do I really want to iron this? You just gotta throw them things in the dryer, man, with the, yeah. with the wet sock that gets the wrinkles out. Yeah, all that. Now, <laughs> same thing with washing dishes, hand washing dishes. That is. Oh yeah. I didn't want to. At first, it was like, let me do it. Let me do it. And then there's them days you come home after work, and it's like those dishes are just sitting there. So guess what? Now I use a dishwasher. <laughs> so. My point is, is kind of piggybacking off what you're saying. It was new, this whole rising up thing. And guess what? It's old now. The Grizzlies can win 50 games next year. No one's going to, yeah, we won 50 yeah. games. That's as, as crazy as it is to say they could yeah. win the division after two they could years win the ago, division. that being a major thing. That wasn't a thing. And now it's a ho-hum thing. <laughs> No one cares about winning the division anymore because guess what? If you win the division and get out the first round again, no one's happy around here. Yeah. Uh, so all of those things aren't new anymore. You're chasing that next level of success, and I think that goes to your point. the the fun The fun days are gone, potentially. That that type of fun. Now there could be better days ahead. I will say it from sure. from that view. Uh, I think of Golden State. When Golden State put that little core together and they had those couple playoff runs under Mark Jackson, I'm sure there was some fun to that. But when they got Steve Kerr, went to a whole nother level, things got much more fun. 
So my point is, yeah, you're right. Dylan Brooks is gone. Uh, and I know it actually surprised me how much of the fan base actually truly loves the trash talking. Yeah. It, it, I, I, you know, again, I worked in Philly before I came here, Philadelphia Inquirer. And just that audience, I would think they would be more – I mean, you're an East Coast guy. I think just in, in general, a lot of East Coast people say, ah, oh, shut up, prove it. Like yeah. here, it's more like, yeah, this is Memphis. This is who we are. Talk trash. Beat them while you're doing it. And people like that. Sure. But guess what? Dylan Brooks is gone. <laughs> ja, with everything he's going through, uh, him trash talking, as bad as this sounds, it's the reality. Him being that trash talking guy in the press probably won't go over the same way. No. And he's understood that. That's why he said things like, I'm going to be more humble in interviews. And that's kind of why he's done that uh, since uh, the middle of March. He's come back and he's done less of that trash talking and things right, like that. Right. So those are your two guys who that kind of has been built around. You have Desmond Bain who will occasionally say the confident thing. Remember, oh, we're going to uh, go back. We're going to beat the Lakers and, 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 and you know, uh, potentially win that series and, and bring it back for a game seven in Memphis. I think Xavier Tillman told the fans, we'll be back for a game seven in Memphis. Everyone, everyone, you know, as a competitor, you're going to naturally say things here and there. Sure. But it was more Dylan and Ja. It's like, hey, you go ask Ja about this certain player. <laughs> if he doesn't think he's good, he's going to let you know. You right. ask Dylan about this certain player. If he thinks he can lock down Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, or Luke and Dawkins, just guess what? He's going to let you know. So that's the difference between those guys. But what we're about to see, again, it's going to be a new kind of era is the way I like to put it. It's going to be a new era, and that does evoke sadness because people have enjoyed this run. People mm -hmm. love the trash talk. People love, you know, the whole, you know, whoop that trick and, 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 and all of that. But it feels like, the Grizzlies are going more uh, out. Let's say commercial. How about that? They're Ooh. going more commercial. They're on TV more now. They got to put their suits and ties on and things like that. It's less of the Nike techs and things like that. It's just more from a figurative, you know, perspective. Sure, but that's what it feels like to me. It's time to grow up. You know, a lot of people have said that. and it, it is kind of like a coming of age thing. You know, it's graduation season from colleges and high schools. And I feel like the Grizzlies have kind of graduated from regular season success. Now it's time to prove it in the postseason. And you hope that maturity kind of comes along with the departure of Dylan Brooks, who is probably not going to change. Right. Dylan Brooks is who he is. And that just doesn't fit what they see the Grizzlies being moving forward. Now, does John Morant fit that view? That might be another topic for yeah. another podcast. But I do think that they, you know, John Morant is an all-world talent. Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., those are all-star caliber players. No offense to Dylan Brooks. He's an easy guy to say, oh, you're, you know, not mature enough for us. See you later, because he doesn't have that same level of skill set. So uh, whether it's saying goodbye to Dylan Brooks, whether it's the audacity of John Morant, perhaps finding a final resting place, uh, it is kind of sad to see the end of the fun that was this first stage of the John Morant era. But I'm not just sad to Michael. Again, we're mm -hmm. working through our, our three stages of Grizzlies grief. I'm angry. I'm oh. not happy. I'm not happy. And I promise not to yell as much as I have in the past because, remember, I don't want to, you know, make anyone in my family upset. But I am going to, you know, 
talk about why I'm angry this era is over next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you enough how much I love my Bird Dog shorts. They are so amazingly comfortable. They fit great on your legs, on around your waist. They're stretchy, they're comfy, and they are versatile. You can wear one pair of shorts or pants on the golf course, to a meeting, on a date, hanging out with friends. Again, it is just a blast to wear these shorts. I went to a restaurant in Richmond, Virginia this past weekend called the Lily Pad, Michael, and it is a place right by the James River. It's right on the water. It's beautiful. And you know what pair of shorts I wore to make sure that I fit in in that type of environment? I wore my bird dogs. They are fantastically comfortable, looking good, feeling good, eating and dining and living the life good. That is the goal of bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA, and when you enter the promo code LockedOnNBA, they will throw in a free custom bird dog Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Again, that is birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. Put in the code LockedOnNBA, and you will get a free Yeti-style tumbler. We are talking anger in our stages of grief next here on Locked on Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax, joined by DeMichael Cole, the Commercial Appeal, there in Memphis, Tennessee. I, of course, of Bluff City Media, between DeMichael and I. You're you're coming to the right place if you're making Lockdown Grizzlies one of your everyday stops talking Grizzlies basketball. And we talked about sadness, and I I thought that we had a really good conversation, DeMichael. I thought it was thoughtful and insightful, uh, not to pat ourselves on the back, but, you know, shout out to Matt Hardlicka for kind of inspiring this episode of the show. But as I progress here, I got to be honest, I'm starting to feel a little bit more mad about mm. the current state of things. I'm mm. angry that John Morant has done this mm. to the Grizzlies franchise because when you break it down, it's really selfish, right? It's selfish behavior on his part uh, in terms of how he is interacting, impacting his family, impacting his business relationships, impacting the franchise. There's lots of layers to it. I'm angry that Dylan Brooks wasn't able to be what I thought he was. You know, the the trash-talking, sharply-dressed or eccentrically-dressed. You know, he looked like the second coming of Dennis Rodman at times when you combined the way that he played with the way that he interacted. And then he called LeBron James old and got waxed by the Lakers after that, not just offensively where he struggled all season, but he couldn't defend LeBron either. And he... Stop talking all of a sudden. He he was silenced by the Lakers. The Dylan Brooks that I believed in wouldn't have done that. He would have still talked. He still would have said, taken accountability, still would have gotten back up and said mm-hmm. something else the next time around. And Dylan just kind of walked away from that. So this ending of this era, I'm sad that it's over, but I'm also mad that it's over because it feels like it didn't have to be over there's a lot of self-inflicted wounds to use the phrasing from zach Kleiman, that seem to have done in this run of grizzlies basketball and you can make an argument that dylan's offense was rough and he was probably gone anyway he didn't accept the extension i think you and others have reported that uh to start the season or at the start of the year and it maybe the writing was on the wall because of the style of play that he wanted to do and how it didn't mess with how the grizzlies perceived him I know you reported that, but still, it feels like, especially with this particular season, between John Dylan in particular, there are things that could have been avoided that led to their demise, and that has me feeling pretty angry. Joe, you know what I think about when I think of you being angry? 
it's uh let's i'm trying to think of the name of the movie with the emotions it was inside out uh, inside out inside yeah. out you, you're familiar yeah have, have you watched it film. with the kids here? i have i have three children under the age of eight i'm very yeah. familiar with all uh, of the I, disney likes I was wondering if you watched it with the kids yet, but but you you know the red one who like when he gets angry, angry yeah. that's his name, anger. Yeah, he cranks up and he's the like, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think of uh, when I think of you angry. But you, your fire didn't come out this time. Yeah, because so, I don't want my family to be mad at me. Yeah, yeah. So shout out, shout out to Joe for for kind of hanging in there. Uh, through shout that out process. to the Molnax clan, the Molnax clan. Shout out to the Molnax clan. Now, now speaking of anger, like. I want to riff off of what you said there a little bit. Of course, there's the job, there's the dealing, but you talked about the things that you can control that kind of make you angry. I want to go on to the things that pretty much you can't control, things that that happen, and we, we chalk them up as excuses and as part of the game, but I feel like you're verified. You have reason to be angry that these things happen. Right. It's okay to be angry. About Steven Adams being injured, Brandon Clark being injured, and you know Luke Kennard after it looked like in Game Five you might have found something uh, going down uh, for Game Six. It's okay to be angry about those things because guess what? They were factors. Sure. And and not only were they factors, it's it's one of those things that now it puts you in a position. I mean, we all know the Grizzlies should make upgrades, but. If you're in the front office, you don't have a definitive answer of how much you need to upgrade because of those injuries. Everyone can take their guess. I can take my guess. Joe can take the guess. Everyone listening to this can take their guess and say, hey, we just we upgrade small forward. We can compete for a championship. But maybe it's deeper than that. Maybe there were some things that now we didn't see uh, that a Lakers could have done against uh, and against uh, uh, Stephen Adams in the postseason that the Grizzlies now won't be prepared for next season until it happens, or uh, something that could have happened against a Brandon Clark in the postseason that the Grizzlies won't be prepared for if it happens. But all I'm trying to say here is there's two ways to look at it. One, you didn't have all your guys, and you don't know how much that could have played a factor in that series. Uh, we saw this was the first series, I think, that the Lakers front court lost. And it, it was the difference. Now, if you get Steven Adams and Brandon Clark back and you pretty much don't have uh, Santi or X, or one of those guys is probably out of the rotation. Probably X. And it completely shifts, you know, uh, the dynamic there. But we don't know what it looks like. But the point here is now going into the offseason, we're all focused on this whole small forward upgrade. We don't know how much else needs to be upgraded because if you want to focus on the regular season, I've said it time and time again, if you go back a week, only a week before Stephen Adams was hurt, the Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies were tied. I think the records were something like 34 and 13, somewhere around there, 30 and 13, whatever it was, they were tied. Yeah, I think that's for, right. For the number one seed in the Western Conference before that five-game road trip when things went haywire for the Grizzlies. They were right there. Steven Adams gets hurt. 
Then, you know, there's a ripple effect. You got Xavier Tillman starting games. You got Brandon Clark starting games. You're trying to figure it out. You can't rebound uh, to the same level. Now it's changing your whole identity as a team because you're not getting out of transition as much. You're relying on half court as much. You pick up Luke Kennard. Uh, you're trying to – you're working in at one point, working in Danny Green. Like so many moving parts and pieces there. And I feel like it's okay to be angry that, oh, we never got to see what this looks like for – you never got to see Luke Kennard set a screen. I mean – Steven Adams set a screen for Luke Kennard off the ball, on the ball. We talked about how uh, Luke Kennard couldn't get open in the playoffs, right? Me and you talked about the physicality of the opponents. Guess what we never got to see? We never got to see what would Steven Adams do for Luke Kennard in the playoffs. In the regular season, he probably doesn't need Steven Adams, be honest with you. We saw that. But in the postseason, they're going to be physical. They're going to tuck on your jersey a little bit more. And guess what? We didn't get to see. What oh if if Steven Adams could be that difference maker in helping Luke Kennard get more space and create those shots or quite frankly if that wouldn't matter so I think it's okay to be angry about that because now there's a little more cloudiness in my opinion on how much does this team need to reach that championship level we all can talk about the small forward position but what else we 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 really don't know the title window has been muddied it is not as clear mm. as it once was. And I think that you made a great point there. We don't know whether or not it's right to be angry because we'll never know because we were never able to see it. And I think that that is the main reason to be upset. Not, again, things outside of your control, that is something that is – you try to let that stuff go because, again, yeah. it's, it's not it's within your It's a little easier grip. to accept, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, it leads to what-ifs. Right. What if Steven Adams was there? What if Brandon Clark was there? What if they were able to have Zaire Williams healthy the entire season? Mm, and he could have been better or around what was expected by this front office. Now you're expanding the, or at least I am expanding the what if uh, net a little bit too wide. But mm -hmm. there is for every team, you know, the Lakers are saying it to themselves right now. What if? we were able to make an all-in trade that D'Angelo Russell was involved in, and it wasn't D'Angelo Russell that was sitting here uh, with the struggles that he had against What if you got Mike Conley instead of right. instead of D'Angelo Russell? I mean, how different, would, how different would the team look? That's a very fair what if. So every team has that right now. What if Ime Udoka didn't get fired and was just suspended by the Celtics or something with mm -hmm. the reporting coming out of Boston that the team has been unhappy about him being fired yeah. all year? And that's part of the the tension that's happening with the Celtics. You know, there's lots of what ifs that every team can do. For sure. But I do think when it's injury based, that feels a little more helpless and it can be a little more infuriating because of that. But it's important to try to let go of those things that you can't control and can't then try to focus it. on the things that you can, like those self-inflicted wounds that Zach Kleiman talked about and, you know, I mentioned earlier in that uh, part of the show as well. We're going to finish up this episode of Locked on Grizzlies with some acceptance, I guess, on my end. You know, that's the final stage of Grizzlies grief, at least for yeah. this episode of Locked on Grizzlies. I think DeMichael maybe can put a, a little silver lining on this dark cloud, hopefully, right? Because I'm pretty bummed out, if I'm being honest, after uh, the last 20 or so minutes. But we're going to try to end it on a positive note here on Locked on Grizzlies. But first... This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during these NBA playoffs as the NBA Finals approach. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. 
FanDuel is a wonderful place to go with great promotions every day, safe and secure in terms of their app, deposits, withdrawals, and you get paid instantly coming out of FanDuel. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Acceptance of what became of this era of Memphis Grizzlies basketball. Next, here on Locked On Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax, one of your hosts of the podcast on this Wednesday edition of the show. The Michael Cole is my co-host of the uh, of excuse me commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He's the Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. You can check out his work at the Michael C on Twitter. You can also check him out, obviously, over at the Commercial Appeal. My work is over at Bluff City Media, and you can also find every couple of weeks I contribute over at SB Nation. I I think I've come to a place to Michael, you know, after being mm-hmm. sad and after being angry. You always come to a spot, you know, when you're mourning someone or something, and I don't want to compare uh, a basketball team to the loss of a loved one or a friend or something along those lines. Cause obviously they're very different, <laughs> but I, I'm trying to very different. Yeah. True. Whenever you lose something, right. Yeah. Especially something that you care about, you come to a place where, okay, what's next, right? You know, you, yeah. you take the next step. You, we mentioned inside out earlier. I'm going to reference frozen two. Uh, there's, ah, a song, there's a song at the end of frozen two that, that Kristen Bell performs called the next right thing mm. uh, performed by Anna and Anna uh, thinks that she's lost everybody that she loves, her fiance, her sister, Olaf the snowman, which is, you know, if, if you ever want to cry over a snowman dying, you know, by all <laughs> means, watch Frozen 2. Uh, not that I'm speaking from experience. But, you know, one of the prevailing <laughs> themes of that song, and she's talked about how there's mental health involved and th- that sort of thing. You know, sometimes you just got to pick yourself up and do the next right thing, right? When you don't know anything else to do, What's the next step? What's the next part? The, you know, the next thing is the next thing. The first thing is the most important. How do you get to that place? And I think for me, I have reached acceptance of the current state of the Grizzlies by accepting that John Morant is who he is. I don't know if that means he's a bad person, if he's a good person, if he is immature, if he is never going to change, if he is going to try to seek out active ways of improving himself. But I've accepted that John Morant's going to be suspended. I've accepted that the John Morant that I believed in, that I supported when he was initially suspended, doesn't exist. And I've accepted that whatever comes next, the Grizzlies have to do what's best for the franchise, regardless of that suspension. So if Tyus Jones is your most valuable trade piece, like we've talked about numerous times, and we'll continue to talk about, then he has to be shipped out because that's your best way to improve your team more than likely. That is the next right thing. And I think that for the Grizzlies, if the goal is title contention, which I think entering this next stage of the Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant era, Mm -hmm. they have to do the next right thing. And that's make that move to tweak the roster around the edges, much like the Denver Nuggets have done on their way to the NBA finals over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you're right on there. And since we're, we're filling up these, these Disney references. Yeah. We gotta be sponsored by Disney. There's gotta be a Disney executive somewhere. Gotta be be somewhere. My last one is 
my favorite one. Hakuna Matata. Ah, Hakuna Matata, baby. That's a good one. Means no worries. For the rest of your days. For the rest of your days. Here's what I'm saying. You piggybacking off what you said. Sure. The 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 feeling that I've gotten when it comes to John Moran. People are realizing, yes, look, Ja is is Ja. You cannot control what he does. Right. And at the end of the day, you are fans of the Grizzlies. And you you want Ja to be well. You hope Ja is going to be well. You root for Ja to be well. But you cannot say, hey, I'm depending on it. I, I think that's fair. Uh, I think I can speak for pretty much 99.9% of the Grizzlies fan base when I say that everyone wants to see Ja respond from this with fire on his head and come out and have the best season of his career uh, next season. But the reality of the situation is Ja is now one step closer to, you know, uh, I mean, we, we don't even know what the end result of this situation will be. Right. But I, I personally, I don't think the penalty should be too harsh, but guess what? He's what, as my parents and and and, and friends of my parents would, would say, uh, he's on thin ice, and that ice has gotten real thin. So guess what? Now when he's walking around, he's gonna be walking on eggshells, mm-hmm. and the league is gonna be eyeing him like a hawk. He can't worry about that. Grizzlies fans can't worry about that. He can't worry about it because he doesn't need to worry about it. He needs to focus on uh, just this whole redemption story. Remember, yeah. Tim Rant wore the hoodie, the whole redemption. Yeah. A little um, premature on the Oh, shirt. oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. I haven't even uh, thought about that until just mm-hmm. saying it now. Uh, well, anyways, uh, there's that part of it, the, the whole redemption angle story uh, from that perspective. But as a fan base, there's two ways to look at this. I think the Grizzlies have put themselves in a good position to contend. Uh, I wrote a story a couple days ago about the salary cap situation, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing about that. Uh, John Morant, as some of you probably have read the story where I said the Grizzlies kind of stand to gain salary cap space based on a potential expense, uh, suspension. Nice. And if the suspension is more than 20 games, John Morant will lose one one-tenth of his salary, which usually equates to about 0.9% of his overall $33.5 million base salary uh, for next season. And what that will come out as is I think I did the estimate over about 30 games. Say he was suspended for 30 games uh, potentially. Just throwing that number out there. Not This is not no inside information. Exactly. Anymore. On that. If he was suspended 30 games, that would equate to $9 million, around roughly $9 million in lost money. And then there's this in the in – the, uh, collect the bargaining agreement where 50% of his lost salary goes into additional cap space gain. So the, so the Grizzlies could benefit from that in terms of 4.5 million in salary cap space. And most of you say, okay, yeah. How does that matter? Well, I talked to a lot of people when I uh, wrote this story. And as it turns out, I spoke to a former uh, Grizzlies front office exec uh, during the grit and grind era. And he gave me an example Joe, this will this will take you back. 
Um, many of you may remember when Nick Kalakis got a 20-game uh, suspension. Uh, yeah. Don't you remember those days, Joe? I do remember the yes. Nick Kalakis days. <laughs> and here's the thing about it. When he got that 20-game suspension, uh, from what the front office uh, told me, he couldn't remember the exact name of the player, but that allowed the Grizzlies to get a prominent role player for next for that next season's team. Uh, I think he we were just trying to ruffle out who the name was. He was he I think he threw out like maybe Jamichael Green and he said another name, but James whatever they, whatever I, I I mean we didn't mention James Ennis, but that could have been that could have been one of the guys. But basically, I'm intrigued now. Yeah, I, I've been trying to look it up and find out, but I haven't yet. So if anyone has has any yeah, hit us, hit us up in the comments yeah, if you have please. ideas, by all means. But the point there is that decision was made, Joe, by the fact that that 20-game suspension gave them enough salary cap space to just avoid the luxury tax line. Mm. And, and they were able to get that one more player, whereas if that 20-game suspension doesn't happen – they don't go out and sign that player, and that spot isn't filled. So, with that being said, there is the potential now where a a a, a, a long suspension could lead to the Grizzlies being more aggressive in roster upgrades. So, uh, that is a silver lining in this. At the end of the day, you want Ja uh, to be there as many games as possible. As I wrote in the story, look. That's a silver lining. And the thing about silver linings is you're trying to make the best out of something. that's Sure. Open. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're doing here. Sure, you want Jada B. If he could play 82 games, that's what you want. If he could play 75 games, that's what you want. But it's not looking likely. So with that being said, uh, that's the silver lining of that situation. And guess what? Akuna Matana. Because you got Tyus Jones. You got potential roster upgrades around that. And if you don't have Tyus Jones, as me and Joe have discussed, if you don't have Tyus Jones, you're probably going to have a really good small four. And I think people will be pretty happy to see that too. Hakuna Matata. That means no worries, right? And I do think that you make some fair points there. There are ways for this to still end well for the Memphis Grizzlies, but the definition of fun is changing, right? Instead of being that lucky up-and-comer, now you've got to be a contender. It'll Those be fun when the Grizzlies over. make the yep. Western Conference Finals. Like that is that's the new fun, fun now. That is the new fun. Just going out there and dunking on people, and that's no longer enough. I think the Grizzlies understand that, and I anticipate a pretty busy off season, or at least a major off season, uh, because of that new world that they're going in to. See that. Aladdin reference. Uh, huh? uh, 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 we're on fire today. We're on fire what, today. Gosh, I hope there's a Disney exec. Just give us a sponsorship. Let DeMichael and I go together to Disney World. Like that would be great. And that would be great content uh for the podcast. When, when we when we reach uh three thousand subs, we should we should do it like uh when they win the Super Bowl. Ooh. And Joe and DeMichael, what are you gonna do to celebrate? We're going to Disney going World. Disney World. Woo. I like that idea. I like that idea, partner. Thank you guys so much for listening, hanging out with us, watching on YouTube, however you're getting your podcasts. We appreciate it. We appreciate our everydayers being with us for every episode of Lockdown Grizzlies as well. And on our Thursday episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, and I do want to stress that DeMichael and I are going to take a bit of a breather after this Thursday episode from Lockdown <laughs> Grizzlies for Memorial Day. Uh, 
so we got one last episode this week, and then you'll you'll hear us again. I got uh, some cookouts to go to. Yeah, yeah, I'm hey. with you. I'm going to be honest. Like we've talked about the Grizzlies a lot this month, so you guys are going to get a bit of a four day weekend from DeMichael and I. We'll be back the Tuesday after Memorial Day, but we still got to finish out this week, DeMichael, and you're going to fly mm-hmm. solo doing that tomorrow. I'm not going to blow your potential big uh, big uh, thing you'll be talking about, but I do think it could be a fun way to end the week for all of our listeners. Yeah, very much could be. We'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, but I, I have a couple things in mind, so uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to it. And and we may get some some player perspective on some things. Ooh, here. I like that. That's a good that's a good sell for the next episode. So you'll see DeMichael tomorrow. You will not see me. The next time you'll see me is the Tuesday after Memorial Day. I want to say thank you for getting us over two thousand subscribers one more time. It really is appreciated. Thank you for your input. Thank you for interacting with us on Twitter, here in the comments. We're continuing to build Lockdown Grizzlies, and you guys are a major piece of that, the major piece of that. So for DeMichael, I say thank you. Much appreciated. DeMichael will be with you tomorrow, and then after that, we'll be back after Memorial Day. Enjoy your Wednesday. Have fun with DeMichael tomorrow, and then enjoy your Memorial Day after that. I'm Joe Mullinax for DeMichael Cole. Stay locked in. This is Locked on Grizzlies.